It's a kind of a family. Wherever I roam, up and way home, that's where I long to be. I'm a member of a Red Sox nation. It's a kind of insanity. Yeah, I live and die with Red Sox pride for eternity. I fake a smile November until opening day. Suffering baseball withdrawal around the clock. When April comes, hey, meet me down on Yawkey Way. That's when Red Sox Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Benny and the Bets podcast covering Boston Red Sox baseball. For everyone staying up late on Periscope, the podcast can be found shortly after the conclusion of that broadcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spreaker, Player FM, and iHeartRadio. Red Sox just wrapped up a three-game set with the Baltimore Orioles. I am Terry Cushman, and I am joined tonight, for the first time in a long time, uh, Trisha Garcia, and uh, our new permanent co-host, who will generally be on the midweek show, Liz Churchfield. Uh, Trish, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. I figured I didn't figure it was going to take till the last series of the year to get you back on, but uh, I know I was in the beginning of the season, right? The preview. Exactly, it was like March, and uh, but you've obviously been busy and kind of relocating and uh, have a pretty hectic uh, work life now. But uh, it's good to have you back right before your uh, Yankees probably uh, do what they have to do to secure that home field advantage that's what it's looking like at least we'll see yeah absolutely and uh also uh liz uh churchville how are you i'm great how are you very good um it's definitely uh, a pleasure to have you and uh why don't you uh tell everyone a little bit about yourself uh, well, uh, I guess I've been a baseball fan since I was a kid. Uh, the only other sports fan in my family was my grandfather, and I I live in Florida. I grew up in Florida, so the only team we had was the Braves, so I guess it all started there. Uh, fast forward to my adult life, I guess. Uh, I got, uh, got away from baseball for a while, but conveniently, since I'm a Rays fan, I started to get into it in May of 2008. Actually, my first Major League game uh, was Rays-Yankees, and ever since that first game, I was hooked. Uh, 2008 was obviously an, an awesome year to, to start becoming a fan. And uh, actually that following January, I moved down to St. Pete and uh, became more enthralled in in uh, the game and the team and everything. And uh, then uh, just recently, maybe two years ago, two seasons ago, something like that, I started writing a little bit for a local affiliate here. Uh, small local affiliate, and then after about a year, and being able to cover quite a few live games from the press box, which was, I was really, really fortunate to be able to do that, but I uh, had to split ways with them, just uh, we had some creative differences, I guess, for lack of a better way to describe it, 
And uh, I've been kind of trying to start my own my own kind of little solo thing. Uh, nothing too serious, but uh, but uh, I do I do love the game, and I do want to continue writing and and everything. So. And uh, well, now now you're podcasting, so it's like a it's like a whole different wing. And uh, mm-hmm. I want to ask you one thing: um, you're you're married to a. Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates fan and, and y- you know you've kind of been immersed in the, the Rays as you've been saying and uh, mm-hmm. what I really want to know is which one of you feels like you won the Archer trade? <laughs> uh, I mean definitely we won the Archer trade. I mean Archer I feel like with any pitcher going from American League to National League very seldom do you see them do really well their first season I'm a big advocate of you have to give him at least like he has to have at least this time and then of course spring training next year and then next season to really see how he's going to do I feel like pitching is a little more difficult for a player to get used to the batters than it is for a batter to get used to the pitchers whenever they change leagues like that but uh, uh, Glass now and um, Meadows were both great pickups I really can't believe they, they let him go but um, but hey, I mean that's a game. <laughs> Got to make choices. I've never been a believer in Chris Archer and uh, Trish. Not to pick on you, but I was like praying the Yankees would do something stupid and get Archer, just so just so we could win Game Three or whatever if it happened. You know, if the stars aligned for the ALDS. Yeah, you know they they. It always seems like the Yankees are the name. On everybody, when when someone's available, they're like, oh, they're going to the Yankees. Um, I wouldn't say I'm not a believer in Archer. It wouldn't have bothered me if the Yankees got him. Um, but, I mean, they need the help. So Yeah, I mean, the Red Sox have done a number on him over the last uh, several years. And um, I just, I don't know. He's pitched well the last uh, few games, but he definitely got off to a bad start with Philly, uh, Philly, uh, Pittsburgh, I mean. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and you know, is what it is. So, um, well, all right, let me just get into a quick uh, recap here. It'll hopefully just take a minute. Uh, normally, I, I almost get into that immediately. So, um, Red Sox, as I said in the uh, intro, wrapped up a three-game set with the uh, Baltimore Orioles. Nathan Avaldi got the start on Game One. Uh, very impressive uh, compared to last the last several outings. He went uh, five innings, gave up four hits, only one earned run, struck out ten. Uh, Mookie Betts homered in the second inning. Benintendi, Bogarts, Holt. And Vasquez all drove in runs. Six to two was the final. David Price got the start in uh, game two, which ended up being the first of a doubleheader. Gave up two home runs in the second inning to Trey Mancini, Renardo Nunez. Nunez. And then uh, from there, kind of settled in. His uh, pitching line was also five innings, six hits, uh, three runs, all earned. Three walks and struck out six. Uh, Rafael Devers hit two home runs, and Martinez, Bogarts, and Swihart also homered. Red Sox scored 19 runs in all, and Devers uh, was responsible for six of them, 19 to 
three was the final, basically a football score. And then Chris Sale got the start in the nightcap, uh, gave up four hits, three runs, all earned, walked one, struck out eight. His pitch count ran up pretty high, so he only went four and two-thirds. And uh, Blake Swihart and Zhu Wei Lin uh, scored the only earned runs. And then the bullpen absolutely imploded. Matt Barnes gave up three runs. In the seventh, and the game was tied uh, going into the seventh. Then Barnes gave up the three, and then Kimbrell uh, gave up four in the uh, ninth inning. And then Robbie Scott awkwardly had to come in to finish that. Ten to three was the final. So Sox are kind of, um, I don't want to say they're in a rut, but I mean. They did uh, lose the Yankees series two games to three. They lost to the um, Indians two games to three. And just not really firing on all cylinders. Uh, Liz, what, I mean, what's your outlook for the Sox as they go into a very high-pressure ALDS given the number of wins that they have on the season? Uh, my biggest concern, uh, honestly, is really looking at the bullpen. Like, the what happened to the bullpen in that second game uh, yesterday was just horrendous. I think if if that can stay together, then they should at least get through the, the ALDS. But, uh, but, I mean, that that would be my main, my main concern for them, is just losing it, even if they're up, and then, and then losing it after the starter comes out. And the starting pitching, certainly a little shaky, as we were talking about before we came on. Uh, Sale, we don't really know what's going on with him, and we're not sure if he's healthy 100%, and maybe the timing, maybe they, if they could have brought him in a little sooner, I don't know. I, he just looks unprepared at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a concern. And then David Price, the the Bronx, as uh, Trisha probably knows, is basically mm-hmm. his house of horrors. And he's zero and six or something like that with a, um, I think like a double digit ERA. And you know, so he he did what he what he's always done there in big games and. Um, a little bit of concern there, and I don't know what we're going to get. We don't even know who our – I'm assuming Porcello starts game three, but we don't know. There's a lot of talk of Erod coming out of the pen, so are they going to use a four-man rotation? Or are they going to just use three and utilize their long relief? It's just I'm, – I'm really concerned about the pitching. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. And that's where the bullpen, you know, would come in. In in most playoff situations, I would totally go four-man rotation because you just never know when your run is going to end. So you might as well use your four best guys instead of throwing in that fifth one and then he could, you know, not work out. Rather put him in and have him maybe as long relief. If he's good for three innings, if one of your starters is struggling, better to have him ready to put in than be saving him per se you know, for that fifth game that may or may not even happen. Yeah, I'm assuming Sale will probably get that start anyway, but 
the thing that would surprise me if they do go with a with a four man rotation, uh, excuse me, if they go with a three man rotation, that's gonna that's gonna start sale on shorter rest. It's gonna be an increased workload, and we're kind of in uncharted territory because I'm not aware of any previous shoulder injuries with him, and you'd think they would want at least a, a four starter in there to. Mm-hmm. space it out a little bit and then we do have depending on who that four starter is uh right can go a couple innings Evaldi can easily go a couple of innings we're basically looking for last year's charlie morton as people have been saying over the course of the last month so it's it's just uh <laughs> Who knows? And uh, Trish, I asked this question. We had uh, Dan Rourke on uh, a couple nights ago, and he covers the Yankees as well uh, for YankeesUnhinged.com. And I asked him, I'm like, how excited do you get when David Price starts in the Bronx? (laughs) I mean, it's always fun. I think I get more excited probably for the Twitter comments. Uh, because Twitter just tears him a new one every time, and there's always something funnier than the last time that he started there. Um, but, I mean, I never, I'm never, i never one of those fans that goes in and is just like, oh, we're going to murder this guy again, because they've just been so hot and cold that I can't depend on them, even against somebody like David Price in the Bronx. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm usually probably... I comment a lot when David Price is getting his ass handed to him. And (laughs) one of the things that um, was getting said by David Price huggers, as I like to call him, is some of those home runs were barely going over that right field wall. And everybody's like, oh, that's a fly ball in Fenway. That's That's a... what's happening there is just a Yankee Stadium short porch home run. And I'm on Twitter. I'm like, yeah, well, Joe Kelly is pitching in the sixth inning right now. Like, that's bad. (laughs) And whoever comes in after him is probably going to be bad. And whoever comes in after him, probably going to be bad. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. we need David Price dotting the corners like he did. And and he really was the best pitcher in baseball post-All-Star break. So... I just, it was just, I was probably more frustrated than anyone. But fortunately for us, his game two start will be at home. And what I also pointed out in the previous show is he's not going to be just getting interviewed by local guys like Rob Bradford and Pete Abraham. Like, Buster only is going to be asking him questions before the game that maybe David Price might get upset with. And Ken Rosenthal is going to do the same. And he's going to have to face the national media. So I don't know if it's really going to feel like a home game to him. Like the lights are going to be bright. And I think what we're seeing right now with him is October jitters already, you know, because the Yankees clearly got to him. And then he just. He just didn't have his command for parts of yesterday's start, and he did settle down a little bit, but three walks is uncharacteristic, and he gave up a couple of dingers and just just didn't... He, he looked a little disheveled out on the mound. So, yeah, so I'm just, I'm just a little 
Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to be 0 for 9 for him, you know, after his first postseason start. And the other thing that surprises me is maybe maybe it might be best to to push Sale back to Game 2 because if Sale loses Game 1 and Price loses Game 2, we're down 2 to nothing already. And Chris, uh, excuse me, Trisha, if that's your uh, if that's your Yankees in there, you know you guys are going to be reaping the rewards of that because you're going to have we're we're not a team that that goes three straight like we did in two thousand four. Yeah, and you know, um, like I, I'm not worried about the wild card game. I think they're going to come out on top of the A's, um, but you know, I, it's a tough road because. If they beat the A's, they face the Red Sox. If they, by some chance, beat the Red Sox, they got to face most likely the Astros. So, like, the road to the World Series is looking real foggy right now, (laughs) and I can't really see it. Um, But, you know, I I work with uh, a lot of sports fans, and um, my sports director is from New York, and the other day he was like, oh, you know, like, I'm not worried. Like, the Yankees are a better playoff team than the Red Sox. And I think, like, for you guys, that your biggest concern is going to be your pitching. And I'm not saying that ours isn't. In fact, in all honesty, ours is probably our offense. It shows up one day and doesn't show up the next, and we don't know when it's going to be there. Um, but if your pitching is a concern, I think it's going to be a really interesting series. Right. And, you know, the pressure, everybody thinks because we've won 107 games, they think we're automatically going to the World Series. There's not maybe 20% of the fan base, like myself, has these intense concerns, and you guys you guys can see it, you know. You guys can see that we're a flawed team more than, like, the diehard Sox homers can, and they just, they just don't want to look at it. Um, okay, so we're like we're having a little bit of audio, and uh, even though we're live, uh, I'm gonna dump you guys, and um, we're gonna switch to uh, an actual conference call, and that should uh, hopefully clear up the uh, issues. So, you guys good with that? Yeah, I'm good with that. Okay. Yep. Let me. Uh, I'll hopefully have you dialed up here real quick. Okay, sounds good. Okay. Sorry uh, for the for the um, discrepancy here. Um, as some of you might have known, there was a little bit of uh, feedback, and I think it had something to do with our Skype. So we're gonna, like I just said to them, we're gonna go to a um, phone call only. So bear with me. I want to immediately uh, get into the wildcard matchup here, which is looking to be the Yankees at, um, excuse me, the Oakland A's at the Yankees, and kind of get Trish's thoughts on um, what the the feel of uh, this present matchup is, so just bear with me. I've actually been a little discombobulated <laughs> since before I came on, because I was having an equipment uh, malfunction. And uh, you can probably hear the dial tone. Here we go. 
Now the trick is um, getting uh, Wiz on because that's in my phone, which is recording live on Skype right now. So, yeah. Sorry about that. We're going to uh, get into some wild card here, but um, luckily uh, he sound pretty clear. All right. And uh, I'm just going to add um, Liz here in just a second. My eyes are getting terrible. Like if the font's small from where I'm sitting, I'm just like... Here we go. Hang on. Hello? Yep, got you. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> and you're still there, Trish. I'm still here. Okay. So we will, um, let's uh, discuss the wild card real quick while uh, we get restarted. Um, Trish, how does the wild card this year versus the A's feel compared to last year against the Twins. I would think it's a little bit more ominous this year with a with an A's team that's been explosive at times. Um, I think I'm probably more worried this year. And I think the reason isn't just because the A's have been explosive, but last year when the Yankees made the playoffs, it was like, wow, we made the playoffs in a rebuilding year with these amazing rookies and uh, – Everything was kind of just like, we weren't supposed to be here, and we're here, and, you know, whatever happens, happens. This year, I expected so much from them that I think this is a little more disappointing, um, being being the wildcard team again. Um, and then on top of that, for it to be the A's, and for them to be as strong as they've been all year, um, and I mean, like, I, I think they're on a decline right now. I don't think they're as strong as they were. They've had a couple injuries that I think all of that tied together is giving the Yankees the advantage coming into this game. So I'm not as worried. Last year's was amazing, both the AL game and the NL game. So I'm excited to see what it has in store for the Yankees. But I'm not worried. Well, I mean, the Red Sox haven't had to play a wild card yet. We're either first or we're last, literally. And I would be, I would have a lot more gray hairs between now and then if if I had to sweat that out. So I'm just, and it doesn't, it doesn't help that, you know, we lost four out of six to them. And that was before they really had a chance to, make any upgrades and I know they've lost Minaya, you know, who threw a no hitter against us, but one of our two wins also came in a rematch against Minaya. So um I don't know. It's just if you're down three to nothing early I mean how confident are you that you come back, especially with their bullpen? I don't know. I think when the Yankees get down, 
I think it does something to like the the psyche of the team. They they don't have I don't think they have the rally in them. Um, so I, I think if we get down early, that it that it's a problem. But what was I going to say? Um, for for the Red Sox. Uh, oh, sorry. No, what I was going to say is what worries me the most right now is that there's what three games left, um, and the Yankees have a two game lead. There's still that shot that they blow this, and they don't have home field. So, I think that's my biggest concern, because uh, I think that would be more damaging than anything, is not playing at Yankee Stadium. Right. As a Red Sox fan, we don't play very well out there at all, but, um, so, if, you know, if if the A's uh, do somehow come out of that, I would... <laughs> the prospects of playing uh, games three and four out there would kind of make me nervous. I'm looking at the um, pitching schedule right now, and it's somewhat favorable for you guys. Um, Brian Johnson goes for us against Hap, so that's heavily in the Yankees' favor. Lance Lynn versus uh, Avaldi on Saturday, and then... Luis Severino versus Rick Porcello, which is probably a little bit more of an even matchup, is on uh, Sunday. So does that mean that Tanaka will pitch the wild card game? Is that how that's lined up that way? I, I think that is how that's lining up. Oh, um, and I've, I've Yeah, I've seen some people complain about it. I've seen some people say it's the right way to go. Um, I, I really don't think... The Yankees have the consistent starter that they've wanted all year long um, to for it to be a right or wrong decision. I think they have the bullpen that if they need to pull him early, that they're going to be okay. Um, so I'm not really worried about who starts the game because the bullpen is so solid. Liz, if you were if you were a Yankee fan, who would your choice be to start the wild card game? Oh, man. I don't know if I can put myself in those shoes. <laughs> um, I mean, just depending on the... Uh, honestly, I, I have, really haven't been paying attention to who was pitching and, and everything, but it looks like... Was it? Sorry. Uh... I mean, Severino, I mean, in a, in a perfect world, I guess. But uh, but like she said, I mean, everybody ERA-wise, you know, and everything is, has been, you know, pretty pretty even and, uh, you know, and everything. So it's it's probably a shot in the dark no matter what. I mean, particularly against the Red Sox, I mean, any, anything can happen in a series like that when you've got a number one and a number two team, you know, that, um, that maybe both have their, have their flaws, but at the end of the day, they're both really good. So, so anything can happen. I think I would want Jay Happ to start that game. I mean, he's been pretty solid since he was uh, traded. I, I have some info up right here in front of me, and he apparently he's been he's pitched to a, a two three four ERA, and 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 that's in ten starts since the trade. And in his last three, I, I'm also noticing a zero point five three. 
ERA, and Tanaka's been up and down, and he's pitched big games. I mean, he was he was pretty solid throughout last year's postseason, and I I guess that must be what they're what they're leaning on, unless there's maybe the numbers match up well against the the uh, Oakland A's for Tanaka as opposed I'm to I'm almost thinking, and I don't know if they'd ever admit this or if anyone would ever say it out loud, but if they're wondering, like, who's the strongest pitcher they can get by the A's with without giving up their strongest pitcher so they can start that Red Sox series with the best. Kind of like um, the Diamondbacks last year. How they Did they start Granky in the wild card game, or did they just have to bring him in because they screwed up? No, I think they did start him, and then it just he started getting knocked around, and then I think Robbie Ray came in, and he got exactly. knocked around. You're right. So Robbie Ray was their ace there, and they had to bring him in because they didn't start the right. I mean, you would think that Granky would have been just perfect, but Robbie Ray was their, you know, breadwinner last year. So, right, they they made that choice. Um, and I'm, I'm curious if the Yankees are doing something similar where they think that they can get by with someone like Tanaka instead of Hap um, or instead of Severino. I'm curious if that's their mindset or if they really think Tanaka is the strongest option they have. Yeah, and, and I mean, things could change before then. I think from Friday to, well, actually, Friday to Wednesday might be long enough for Hap to... Like if they change their mind, maybe he could start that game. But it could be you made you made an interesting point though with the Diamondbacks wild card game last year against the Rockies because I mean who's to say Hap doesn't come in for two innings before they hand it over to um, I don't know if they'd go to Britain or Betances or or Robertson and maybe it, it becomes more of a a bullpen game from the fourth inning on based on matchups or I I mean I guess we'll still just see have to we'll have to see how it plays out I guess is what I was trying to say but um I don't know Liz we we know Trish isn't too worried about the Yankees I mean do you who do you favor in that matchup? And I, I guess maybe the better question is, how good of a shot do the Oakland A's have to pull off the upset in the Bronx? I'd love to think I have an amazing shot, like, personally. Uh, I mean, I, I'm i one, and my team's not in it. You know, I like to see the underdog team, you know, go and uh, and beat the, beat the evil empire, beat whoever, beat whoever, you know, has always beat them in the past basically. And, uh, I mean, they do have a lot of consistency kind of in their favor. It, like, looking at their at their lineup, they don't really have a weakness or, or, like, a they don't have, like, a real power hitter necessarily, but they also don't have a real weak hitter either. Like, everybody's kind of even playing small ball, and uh, we all know small ball wins games. I mean, home runs are awesome, and, and everybody, you know, wants to see those, but, but that isn't always what wins. And, um... And I was thinking, too, one thing that the A's have, if they do get up on the Yankees, that the Yankees don't necessarily seem to have right now, is that closer that can come in and, and probably hold hold a very limited, you know, lead for them, you know, in the end. So I think if, if they can get up early, 
and at least hold them off, even if it's not by much, even if it's just one or two runs. And then they can bring they can bring their closer in. I think I think they've got it. With the Red Sox, I go back and forth because we're obviously going to be waiting for the winner of that game, and I'm trying to. I every day I I just wonder. I'm like, well, who do we match up best against? And we know who the Yankees are because we face them 19 or 20 times a year. And we've faced all their starters, starting pitchers, and we're a little bit familiar with their bullpen. And we've even had success against some of their uh, relievers, including Chapman. But the A's, to me, are the great unknown. And That's the last thing you want in the playoffs. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And... Yeah, Mike Fires, Edwin Jackson, and Brett Anderson don't, you know, they're not the sexiest names, even though Fires has had, he basically shut us down earlier in the year when he was still with Detroit. And that just has Cleveland 2016 written all over it to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, just this team <laughs> that we're completely sleeping on, where we think we're just going to mm-hmm. waltz in there and do our thing, and then... And then if, if we're down by if we're down by a few runs before that bullpen comes in, I just I don't we're not going to score many runs off of them. Sean Kelly is a very good reliever. Juris Familia, the longtime Mets closer, having a decent uh, you know second half with the A's, and then Blake Trinan is one of the best closers in the game. Probably better than Chapman, even as far as twenty eighteen goes, and I, I just, I just feel like that could be a lot more precarious than most people are willing to admit. And a lot, a lot more interesting, like to me, honestly. I mean, I, I'm really glad when different teams get in the playoffs in any sport. It just makes it more fun than seeing the same teams, you know, go year after year. Uh, and everything, but um, but yeah, I'll definitely be be rooting for the A's that day. Sorry, Trisha, but <laughs> but uh, but I'll I'll be going for them, and you know, just hope, hoping they they can pull it off. I don't think you'll have to worry about them, you know, getting home field advantage for that game. I heard something, and uh, they were saying Bob Melvin was saying he would rather rest some of his players. I mean, if they happen to win, that'd be one thing, but. He said he's going to try and rest some guys, so he's going to put some some bench players in and everything. So he's not concerned about getting that home field advantage. Or that's what he says. What he if what he says is what he does. Is hard to say, I guess. But uh, but if that's true, then then the home field you know shouldn't be a problem for you guys. Yeah, and he brought it up um, about resting players. What you guys think about the Diamondbacks and Rockies kind of pairing up to try to take down the Dodgers? <laughs> I I love it because I hate the Dodgers and I know you do Trish and and you hate the, you you hate all California teams basically, um, and I I just I I don't think I think the Cubs are the team to beat in the American League, excuse me the National League, um, I just don't see 
I don't see the Braves being that serious. They got a terrible bullpen similar to us and um I think the West team would is going to advance in that round and then the Cubs will face the um wild card team and I think that's going to be a more competitive series the Brewers. I'm actually wearing a Brewers shirt on right now. I wonder if some people are <laughs> I wonder if some people are saying what the hell um, I was at a Brewers game uh, the Monday before last. So, um, but I, I don't know. I just think that's the the better matchup, and I just don't think the Dodgers are really. I just don't see them going deep, and I, I that's why I predicted the the Diamondbacks to win the division. I just thought they were going to have a hangover, and it's really impressive, by the way, that the Astros really haven't. They've been injured, and that kind of slowed them down a little bit. But it, you know, they've been a good team when all their players have been on the field. And so, if you have any fears about the the Dodgers, Trisha, I um, I wouldn't worry about them. I'm not. I'm not worried about them right now. Um, I think the American League is gonna win it. I think the. I think you're right about the Cubs. They're going to be the team to beat regardless. Absolutely. And I'd love it if the Brewers pulled the upset. I mean, everybody seems to like that team, and Christian Yelich has kind of emerged out of nowhere to basically become the front runner for the MVP from a lot of what I've seen. And it was looking like it was going to be uh, Javier Baez for the first four months anyway. And, and, uh, Yelich has really helped power that team into at least a wild card spot. And I don't know, actually, do they have a shot to at the division still? I'll pull out the standings here in a second, but um, I, mean, right, I mean, the Cubs, I mean, right now they're tied. They both have 92 wins. So oh, are they? A couple okay. games. I mean, they, yeah, they, they, they could potentially, and the Cubs are about to play the Cardinals, who also have playoff implications. So the West, actually, if the Rockies keep it, that might force the Dodgers out of the playoffs altogether. Yeah, the Brewers actually are half a game back right now on the Cubs. They're, they both have 92 wins, but the Brewers have 67 losses. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they do, I mean, they technically still do have a chance at the division, which is insane. Yeah, and I would love that, to have them just automatically advance to the ALDS. And then, so that would, let's see, the, actually the Dodgers, I think, have the second wild card at the moment. Um, I think the Dodgers are still technically in first. Oh, do they? not. Oh, they're not. I did not even know that. I must have missed the the update today. Yeah, so they have the second wild card. So that's crazy. And there could be, there could also be a game 163 just for the division before the wild card match. So that would, I don't know what that's going to do to those uh, starting rotations because they're going to have to use their best starter if he's available for, for game 163 before the wild card so <laughs> people yeah and just to turn on and play the wild card so i think that's going to mess up whoever if that if, if it's the rockies and dodgers it's really going to mess them up for the nlds whoever makes it right 
Yeah, it's a lot of implications. It's hard to say that baseball's dying right now based on uh, the way the National League has played out. In the American League, it's been the same five or six teams. Once the Mariners died off, you know, that was, you know, basically we knew which five teams were going to be in. It just depended on who won the West Division. So um, let's uh, just get back to the Red Sox here real quick. Um it looks like Raphael Devers might steal the um, basically the starting job away from Eduardo Nunez, who uh, has been a little dinged up. And did you see that that ball go through his legs, Trish? I haven't. Wait, um, during the Yankee series? Yeah, I think. It yeah, was, I remember that. It was off a of judge. Yeah, so a little bit of Bill Buckner action. It was. It was a little later in the game, right? I think so, yeah. And he just hasn't been the same since he uh, tweaked his knee. And I, I think Devers has just kind of earned uh, some time, you know, because of that. And kind of started hitting similar to how he was in the second half of last year. So it's if he if he can become a force, that, I don't know. I mean, that that's a whole new dynamic for this Red Sox offense, so. Um, JD is my number one concern. That man is just amazing, and really wish he would have just stayed with Zach and Zach. Yeah, and for people who don't know, Trish, you uh, wrote for was it Venom Strikes, which was under the uh, SB Nation. I was under Fan Sided, but yeah, all Fan Sided. I get messed up with those, but yeah, and yeah, so you you know the Diamondbacks are probably your number two team. I would say. Yeah, I'd go with that. Yeah. They're mine, too, so it's weird, you know. Red Sox and Yankees fans having the same second team in there. Having the same National (laughs) League favorite, yeah. But I'm glad he came to the Red Sox because I've been been saying all year, because of that, we won the Stanton trade. (laughs) And uh, we weren't even involved, but, you know, we didn't get stuck with him. We got a, a better player, you know, on a better contract. So, I don't know. Uh, Liz, who's who's the dark horse for you? Like, like, who could step up and be a hero for the Red Sox in the month of October? That's not necessarily on anyone's radar. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know who I'd pick right now. Yeah. I really don't. I feel like, I, I feel like someone... Someone in the in in the bullpen definitely, you know, could any 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 pitcher that can step in and either go almost a complete game and save the bullpen, or maybe uh, you know somebody getting an important save. But uh, I couldn't I couldn't even pick one person right now. Like I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I was thinking more in terms of a bat, but you know, Bradley's always been pretty quiet in the playoffs. So you know whether he could step up or not, and. Um, we don't know what what Devers is going to do if he's going to ride this momentum into, you know, into the playoffs. But he was having issues with high fastballs and not being able to really lay off of them. And and you know when when you talk about the pitching and who could be a dark horse there, I don't think anybody in 2004 thought Derek Lowe would pitch the clincher in the ALCS and then. 
again in the World Series, and he really stepped up. So um, I don't know. I mean, maybe Porcello finally becomes that guy in the month of October. I'm just kind of, this team just isn't firing on all cylinders. And, you know, hopefully hopefully they flip the switch. Oh, and I mean, you talked about how you felt like maybe they they sometimes walk into a game and feel like they're just going to go in, do their thing, and they're going to win because of the Red Sox. I mean, do you think just because they're doing so well or did so well all year, that could be, you know, settling in and kind of rearing its ugly head, you know, in a way? that they feel like they've done so well that uh, not that they don't need to try or, or can slack off necessarily, but sometimes it's ego and then the players or the teams that you don't think, like what happened with uh, with the Orioles. Like they thought they could just go, hey, the Orioles are the worst team in baseball. We don't have to really worry about it. We'll win, you know, whatever. Or maybe that these wins don't matter. You know, technically they've already got the division and got, you know, all that and everything and had an amazing season. You know, do you think that's playing into them kind of cooling off, you know, toward the end of the season? Yeah, I get what you mean. You're basically they're they're only playing to the level of their opponents and um so maybe at the start against the Yankees or the A's, maybe they maybe they do step up and and, and turn it on, but um it with Alex Cora it's just so it's just so tough to really know what what he's thinking because I mean he's leaned on Pomeranz quite a bit who just continues to get annihilated every time he gets on the mound and maybe he's using him to rest certain guys and he just has it in his head that he needs to rest these guys all the time and he does it before off days and it's just going to make us look that much dumber if we get bounced right away. Because you know I'm going to be a you know a big enough smart ass to go on Twitter and say, well, it's a good thing we got all that rest, you know, and <laughs> we're not even in it anymore. We're on the couch, and um, so I just with him as a manager, I obviously like him way better than Farrell. I mean, you used to see every day, you know, it wasn't complete unless I. I made a couple of snide remarks about the manager, and um, now that he's gone, I just a lot of the fan base has taken to Cora, and they've given him all this credit. And part of me, you know, wants to kind of give him credit, but this is like a historically weak year for the American League. There's only just a handful of competitive teams, and the month of July, we didn't have a single team above 500 until a two-game set against the Phillies in the final series of the month. And I just, I don't know. If this team, like, perseveres, like, if we're down 2-1 to one and we come back to win a series, or if we're down 3-2 to two and then we rally and show some perseverance, then maybe... You know, maybe I'll be a Cora guy, but when you go back to 2004, and I, I'm not, I'm not picking on you, Trisha. I promise. But you know, against the Yankees, we came back. We were down four to nothing, and uh, excuse me, three to nothing. Excuse me, if it was four to nothing, we would have been out. 
Uh, but we were down three to nothing, came back and won four straight. And that's a team that had the mental fortitude to do it. And this team, most of which has been here since 2016, you know, really with the exception of JD, these guys aren't tough enough to win a series under any circumstances, let alone what that 2004 team did. So, you know, until it I'm happens. You don't... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, no. I just since you were talking about Cora and and you 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 don't you don't love him, but you don't hate him. Like you you like him. He's a good guy. I mean, how do you feel about his uh, possible run at Manager of the Year? Do you think he's he's a Manager of the Year, or do you think someone else you know, might take that? Well, it's hard to say he isn't with a hundred and whatever wins and I, and I know I just got done saying that it was a, a weak year for the AL but I mean that's just such an impressive stat but in my mind I really think Kevin Cash is the manager of the year for what he's done with the Rays and getting so much out of so little at least in terms of, of proven talent and but, you know, with Cora specifically, I'm just, I'm on the fence. Like, I just, I have to see it happen. I have to see him do with this team what John Farrell couldn't do in, in the month of October. And if he does that, then maybe I'll be a Cora guy. <laughs> but, <laughs> and I'm not saying we have to win the World Series. I, I've said that over and over on this show. It would be disappointing, but I'm not... If we go deep into the ALCS, much like we did uh, with you guys in 2008, we came up a little short, obviously, but if we just go deep and show some grit, I'll I'll at least be more content. And then when next year rolls around, I won't be so gloom and doom like I have been. You know, despite the way the team's trending, I mean this this bullpen is terrible. It's it's the worst bullpen of any AL playoff team. Everybody else has a better bullpen than we do. And David Price, zero for nine. Chris Sale, he's only had, ever had one playoff start. That was last year, but still not proven and not proven to be healthy either at the moment. And so he's Alex Cora has a lot on his plate right now, and yeah. No, I'm actually glad you said that about about Cash. I, I'll be the first to admit, like I was not a fan of them getting Cash. I thought they should have kept Davey Martinez, and uh, you know now he's the uh, he's the manager of the Nationals and um, and everything, but. I, I definitely have to give Cash props for for everything that he did with with nothing, with mostly rookies, you know, losing all those players, all the drama that goes on down here in Tampa, you know, and then being able to uh, you know to pull off the season you know that he has. And I said, I mean, this is his fourth season, uh, I believe. And uh, I'm like, you know, I feel like I'm not the the type to be like, oh, fire the coach. You know, that's that's not that's not my style usually. But I'm like, you know, he's had this long, like, and I was like, I don't even need him to get to the playoffs. I just need him to have a winning series, uh, excuse me, a winning season, because I just can't keep, you know, watching them lose the way they've been losing, you know. So uh, they made a lot of questionable moves, but in the end, 
I mean, it, it works. So uh, I'll be, I'm excited for next season, you know, for them. Obviously, this season is over. It would have been interesting if they could have, you know, pulled off, you know, being that second wild card team to see how they played against the Yankees because they've been playing, you know, fairly well, you know, against them uh, at home and away. I think they actually play a little better, maybe even in Yankee Stadium. So, uh, so that would have been an interesting one-game playoff, you know, for me. And then, of course, then they would have met you guys and who knows. What would have happened at that point? But, um, but yeah, it's uh, they they surprised me. They surprised me. I'm definitely eat, eating crow as much as a vegan can't eat crow. I'm I'm eating <laughs> it this season because I uh, I really thought they were going to tank and was not hating on them, but just uh, lots of heavy sighs when when I thought about it. But uh, but they 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 pulled it off. They pulled it off, and he and he deserves you know he deserves to to continue and. You know, see see what he can do next. Right, and when and I hope he does, I, I I hope he does win Manager of the Year. I think he does deserve it just just for that. It's not always about wins. You know, I mean, wins wins are great. Wins are you know a good number, but I think that's definitely something to take into consideration. Right, and it just I hated it last year when they gave it to Molitor in the American League because I'm like, they just. They were like the default second team because there was just nobody else good enough. And then they sold off a lot of guys at the trade deadline because even they didn't think they were going to be competitive. And they just kind of ended up in the second wild card. And then he gets the manager of the year for that. And I I hated to see that. And, you know, I I can't remember who I thought it should have been. It definitely wasn't Farrell. Um, Probably Girardi (laughs) is really who I would have liked. And I get to fire him. Yeah. How awkward would that have been, Trish, if he if he got it? I think it might have been the only thing to save his job. And honestly, I think not having him might be a big part of the reason why the Yankees weren't more competitive in the AL East this year. I don't think they were a team worthy of being ten games back. Um and, and I I mean, I don't think Boone's leading the team. I think the team's leading itself. Um, and I don't think he makes the right decisions. And I miss, I miss Girardi. I liked him. I don't think he deserved to go. Right. Actually, hold that thought because I wanna I wanna ask Liz real quick. Uh, how what what did the fan base? How did they react when Madden left? Horribly, horribly, as I recall. I know I was like I I personally think of all the players that the team has either let leave in free agency or traded, you know, prior to, uh, that the biggest loss to the team was Madden. But, I mean, it's possible. I mean, based on uh, Longo had made some statements uh, before he left the team, uh, you know, that or right around that time, that a lot of the players were thinking that Madden's methods were, were turning into a hokey thing. Like, at first it brought everybody together and had a real team environment because he's a real off-the-field guy. Uh, you know, he's obviously is a good coach on the field, but he's really about building relationships off the field with the players and making them feel comfortable in the, you know, and everything like that. And, um, and I guess the, the energy, you know, wasn't as good as it had been, you know, when he left. And I thought it was interesting too that there was that one little loophole in his contract that if Friedman left, then he could leave and break his contract. And he only had two, two weeks, I think, something like that to do it. Otherwise, he had to write out the contract. And then, of course, uh, the Cubs 
uh, I think he's the GM to Epstein from you guys. Of course, he would know something like that, and he would offer, you know, Madden a position. And uh, I didn't begrudge him, you know, for it. And I don't think a percentage of the fans did, you know, because Madden had always said he wanted to be here. And then, like, I think uh, even two weeks prior, he was like, oh, I want to be here. I want to win with this team. And then, you know, two, you know, a little bit of time passes, and there he is having a press conference. You know, saying he's he's leaving and you know going to the Cubs and all this stuff and and so that was disheartening and then uh, but I think people because Madden is still involved in the community here he still has uh, charity events down here he owns restaurants down here uh, he still spends some time down here he'll always he'll always have a special place you know in our heart not only did. Did he, you know, at least get us to the World Series, you know, one year and get us to the playoffs multiple times? But uh, but he's part of the community. I think that's really what what Cash and the organization right now here is lacking. They're they're the least liked franchise in the area, and that's really sad. So, I th- I think Cash is going to get to the point where he's going to be liked to a similar level as Madden. But I was just, I was also in Wrigley Field um, earlier this week. What's today? Thursday. So I I was actually there on Monday night and I'd never been to Wrigley. And uh, I was kind of walking around. I was with a group of friends, but I I was walking around on my own, just kind of taking pictures, taking in the, the, uh, you know, the stadium and, I got up on the upper deck too and kind of walked around that and it's so funny because Matten's a very distinct person like he's got his own you know he's got the hoodie the dark room glasses and the hat and it seemed like everywhere in the crowd was a 60 something year old man with dark rimmed glasses <laughs> and a hat. And I'm like, I'm like, Joe Madden. And I'm like, okay, no, some random guy. And just every time I turned around, it was someone like that. I just, I kept saying Joe Madden as I walked through, you know, the stands at Wrigley. And, um, yeah, so, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, not, it was a very uneventful game, really. The, the Pirates actually won mm-hmm. that one. But, Mm-hmm. Getting back to uh, the Yankees situation, um, Trish, you you say that they're leading themselves, and I mean, how awkward is it right now for Aaron Boone? Because he's clearly not—he's not the one navigating the ship. Yeah, and you know, I think I have this conversation a lot with my sports director, who, like I mentioned, is from New York. He's a huge Yankees fan. And he hates that they fired Girardi. And he's convinced they did it because he stayed on um, Gary Sanchez's ass about hustling and being more active in the game. And, I mean, we've all seen that Gary Sanchez has had his problems with pass balls, with, you know, not running to first base and just assuming he was out. And there have been multiple issues with that. Um, And Aaron Boone just doesn't do anything. (laughs) Uh, Where Girardi would get in his face and be like, what are you doing? Um, and and he, he's convinced that that is why they let Girardi go, because he couldn't get behind, you know, one of their powerful rookies last year. Um, but, you know, I don't I don't think Sanchez deserved it. Like, he didn't deserve to have a coach that was like, you can do whatever you want, or a manager that was like, you can do whatever you want. Um, because he, he saw it. He saw how lazy he had been. And I think that still Gary Sanchez is one of the weaker spots, not only on the field, but, like, in the lineup. Right, and 
one of my I don't know if I want to say it's my fear for for you guys is I just had this constant feeling of impending doom with Pharaoh, you know, like the team just wouldn't play for him in certain spots and it just it didn't look like a team that was really happy to be on the field at times and Farrell was terrible with the bullpen and I'm just wondering like is you know is it going to get to the point where you guys feel the same way about Boone and just this feeling of hopelessness regardless of where you are in the standings because when you do get to the the playoffs these other teams that are just you know having better chemistry and basically like I keep saying about the Red Sox firing on all cylinders I I just wonder I just wonder if it's going to get to that point with you guys and Boone Um, it's possible I I think it depends how much of a role he's actually playing and I think that and I'm going to bring it because I know you wanted to talk about it today uh, to what Sabathia did Um, and I think it's something that the team needed because Girardi would get tossed you know every once in a while and they'd always kind of rally behind that and teams typically do I think um, when when they see their manager stand up for them that way whether they're yelling at an alum or or the other team or whatever the case is Uh, so today they're playing the Rays and I'm I'm sorry (laughs) no 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 (laughs) <laughs> so so they were beating them 11 to nothing in the sixth inning. They're already facing a reliever in the sixth inning, um, and, and they lit him up. I think they scored four runs off the guy, if not seven, because I know they scored seven um, in back-to-back innings. Um, and the Rays, I, I think, I, mi- I missed this part of the game. I, I caught up when Sebastia, you know, fired back. Um, but I think the Rays hit one of the Yankees players, and – in retaliation, Sabathia came out in the sixth inning and, and hit one of the Rays players. Um, and in doing so, he got tossed. So it was the sixth inning. Sabathia had two innings to go to get his bonus for the year, a $500,000 bonus. So by hitting this player, he was ejected. He lost a half a million dollar bonus. And on his way out, he looked to the dugout, pointed at the, the Rays dugout, was like, that's for you, bitch. And grabbed his nuts, I guess, in the process. <laughs> um, so there was a lot going on today, but I think that the Yankees always kind of rally behind those incidents. Uh, I mean, the Joe Kelly ball, I think they kind of rallied behind Tyler in that one. Um, they used to rally behind Girardi every time he got tossed for them. Um, Boone's been tossed once or twice, but I just don't think that they have that connection to him. But I think Sabathia is one of their leaders. And I think they're going to rally behind him doing that today. You know, I was thinking about that brawl. Uh, it might have been earlier today. Maybe it was yesterday. And um, both sides kind of claim victory on that. And that's just that's just gamesmanship between the fans. But it's like that was the high point of their seasons, really. <laughs> like it all just yeah. slowly collapsed after that. Where did Tyler get traded to? I'm not even sure where he's at. I know he's not with the team. Yeah, he got traded uh, in July. I forget where he went. But I, it wasn't anything he would uh, be excited about, let's put it that way. And uh, I wonder, he wasn't in the Hap deal, was he? I wonder if he was. Um, 
I don't, I don't remember. Yeah. Because I, I wouldn't be thrilled about Toronto right now if that's where I was headed. But, um, but I was like, yeah, and it just, it just their seasons fizzled, and hopefully it's just the season that fizzled, and their their careers are going to continue on for several seasons from now. But another another weird moment was uh, in the. 2013 World Series with the Sox and the Cardinals where there was that weird interference game where it basically the interference between uh, Middlebrooks and Craig where he tried to trip him and Craig was allowed to come home and that ended up being the walk-off. Well, that moment was like pretty much it for them, you know? (laughs) And, you know, Craig got traded to us and then basically just faded away in our farm system in uh, Middlebrooks. He got Jenny Dell in the whole deal, so maybe maybe he came out of that okay. But as a baseball player, he's bounced around the minors and never really made it back. So, And he blocked me on Twitter, by the way. I never tweet. Will Middlebrooks. I never tweet at athletes. I'll harass the beat writers all day long, you know. Not literally, but... If I'm going to harass anyone, it's them. And I never tweet at players. David Price blocked me, but I guess that list is long and distinguished anyway. So um, nothing to laugh about there. But I had no idea. And Middlebrooks might have blocked me like a year or two ago. I heard that he was he was either getting married or he was having a kid or something. And that made me just want to see what he was up to. And so I went to his Twitter, and uh, I was blocked. So, yeah. I know. And I thought Pedroia blocked me, but it turned out he just deleted his account. So that probably happened after the Machado drama, because he lost, like, a third of his fan base, I want to say. And, yeah. Um, All right, well, we're kind of... We've kind of bounced around a little bit. Let's see where we are on time. Oh, we're over an hour. So, uh, all right. I guess we can basically uh, wrap. Um, I'll just go over the pitching matchups one more time. Um, Let's see. So, I mean, I think the Red Sox are basically giving you guys the series, Trish. I mean, Brian Johnson could very well just get lit up. I, I don't even remember the last time he started. It was probably a few weeks ago, and um, we don't really know. How has Lance Lynn been? He's starting game two. I honestly don't know. I've missed about the last month. I've been so busy at work. Um, Yeah, he's actually pitching to a 225 just in his last three, so he hasn't been getting killed lately. Um, But I I think you guys are going to lock it up. How, how far ahead of the Rays were you? I got it right here. Of the A's? Two games. Uh, the A's, two games, yeah. So, yeah, so you gotta win two to be safe. Because um, I think, doesn't the season series break the tie? Is that how they do it? I think so. Or it'll just determine home field, really, so... Yeah, so I, I think you guys are going to basically take that. we got really nothing at stake, and who knows what kind of lineups Alex Cora is even going to put out there anyway. So they could basically be giving it to you guys. 
any final thoughts, Liz, before we wrap? Uh, no, I think I think we covered everything I had. No, I think we did. <laughs> okay, and uh, a little little weird with the uh, with the glitches, but uh, I suspect next week we'll. Um, we should be all right. I did have some an issue uh, the other night, and I I couldn't solve it all night long. So, you know, so we'll get it squared away. Um, and then I think next week we're going to be doing. Uh, I haven't really even said this on Twitter yet, but um, we're going to be doing a show after um, every playoff game. Like I said, just like maybe a thirty-minute show, nothing like this, and. Um, so, I mean, if the series goes five games, we might have you on for, like, two or three of them um, if you're available. So we'll work that out when the time comes, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Okay. All right, and uh, thank you for coming on, Trish. It was good to catch up. And don't talk too much shit if you, uh, you know, if you guys have your ways with us next week. Alright, sounds good. You gotta gotta get by the ace, but you probably will, so. Yeah, alright, well, good night, and uh, we'll uh, catch up soon. Episode 83 in the books. Kind of uh, like I was just saying, we're having the... We're getting some weird feedback, so um, we switched to uh, phones, which hopefully... Uh, the quality was was decent enough. That's how we did the show anyway for the first year, so shouldn't have been too bad. But uh, and we're still out of sequence. Normally the show would have been recorded last night, but because I was on vacation, we recorded one right away on Tuesday, and then uh, tonight, and we'll be back Sunday night, and we're gonna have an all new crew. I don't even know who it's gonna be yet, cause that's all gonna get figured out tomorrow. So. Um, that should be interesting, so tune in for that. Anyway, uh, have a good uh, Friday and uh, rest of your weekend as well, and uh, I'll catch up with you guys Sunday night.